the message that fills most new and expectant parents with both excitement but also dread. The first few years of our lives matter the most. Apparently, 90% of our brain development is squeezed into just those first few years. There's this growing consensus that the nation's current approach to early childhood development is in need of a bit of a rethink. Today, the federal government brought together parents, community organisations, academics and representatives from the government sector for a summit in the nation's capital with the aim of tackling challenges in the sector. The first ever national summit of its kind will inform the first early years strategy, which is set to be released later this year. Georgie Dent is the Executive Director of The Parenthood. Welcome to you, Georgie. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. It was a packed agenda today. We're talking about a pretty broad selection of policy sort of settings, if you like, all centred around uh, early childhood development. The first question put to the forum was, what does success look like? What needs to change to make the current model a success? Yeah, and look, so you're absolutely right. What we know is that the first five years of any child's life are the most richly formative. So we have this sort of profoundly important window of time in which we can literally set children up for lifelong um, success, whether we're looking at their health outcomes, social outcomes, educational outcomes, and even their economic trajectory. But when it comes to what we actually do to ensure every child between zero and five is supported and has access to the care and um, support and services that they need to thrive, it's a much more complicated picture. And one of the key messages out of the summit today is we have to fundamentally revalue the significance of the early years. And what that means is valuing little children, but also valuing the work and the role and responsibility that parents have. Um, One of the messages that has been really clear here today is that we cannot separate the well-being of children from the well-being of their parents and their caregivers. Hmm. And so what does success look like? Well, it would certainly look like improving our current outcomes. Now, at the moment, just over 20% of children arrive at school developmentally vulnerable in one domain. And that is really alarming because we know that those children who arrive developmentally vulnerable rarely catch up with their peers. So one version of success is we ensure that every child is is not developmentally vulnerable when they arrive at school, that they're ready to learn, but also that we go further than just that. You know, we well-being and thriving is beyond not meeting the minimum standard. There was some concern that this would be another talk fest. I mean, the government's hosted a few of these kinds of summits. So when you say going beyond, how does the rubber hit the road here? What concrete outcomes came out of today's sessions? And let's face it, it's probably going to be about a commitment for money, right? Look, there's absolutely no way we can get around the early years without spending money. But as has been pointed out today time and time again, what we are spending right now because we're not getting this right is pales compared to, um, you know, the money that we could save by getting it right. It does mean it does mean investing upfront in equity. Um, and look, I mean, today 
the, the imperative is clear that we need to reduce the silos that exist um, because we know that that's one of the realities for lots of children and families is that, you know, there is a hugely complex, fragmented system from from the health care, from allied health to early childhood education and care uh, and, to uh, social uh, services. And just to back up your point, I mean, essentially all those, you've just mentioned four different ministers. Correct. And they all intersect. And then you consider the state levels. Um, and, and it is incredibly complex. But um, a few, I mean, Professor um, Fiona Stanley is, is here at the summit. And she said that she has got reason to hope. Um, she, she described herself as feeling very anguished because 20 years ago, she remembers predicting the sort of outcomes that we're seeing now, the situations that we're seeing in the most extreme but in Alice Springs being predicted because if we do not ensure that children are safe, secure, protected and nurtured in those early years, we are condemning them to a life of disadvantage and, and of damage and, and that is what we are seeing. But what she said is we have got a Prime Minister who used his acceptance speech to say that making quality early childhood education and care universally accessible will be one of his signature legacies. We've got a treasurer who has written an essay and is talking about the fact that we need to start measuring well-being rather than just a myopic focus on GDP. And one of the sort of fundamental shifts we have to have is that recognising the investment in the early years is far bigger and more important than just GDP. It's 13 past four on RN Drive. You're hearing from Georgie Dent. We're talking about today's gathering of early childhood sector leaders in Canberra. I mean, the government's childcare reforms kick in from the middle of next, oh, sorry, this year. Uh, we're already seeing unemployment rise as inflation bites ever harder. Will a mid-year start date be too late for families bearing the brunt of this economic hardship? I mean, we, you can't pick up a paper without reading about this cliff coming mid-year. Yeah, and look, the reality is when this policy that will come into effect on the 1st of July this year, when it was announced um, back in October of 2020 as a, as a you know, as a, a, an election pledge, basically, families desperately needed the financial relief then. And we know that in the two and a half years since then, the case, like the financial pressure on households has only grown. So families, for families, this financial relief could not come sooner. But what we have to talk about, and it's come up today a lot, is that if we don't invest in the early childhood education and care workforce, we will not have the workforce that can deliver the early education and care that children and their families need. And so, and it's also really important to note that these changes will come into effect and they are, that is great at addressing affordability. But there's another couple of important processes, including a Productivity Commission inquiry into the much bigger question about universal access. Because universal access means every child has got access to the early education and care they need, when they need it, where they need it. And that is a much bigger question than just looking at affordability. Yeah, um, yeah. It also ties into the available workforce as well. I mean, universal childcare means equal access. It's not currently the case with some areas referred to as childcare deserts. Low pay, long hours, it's all fair to high turnover of staff. H how do we begin to tackle that? 
Well, so what the, the evidence is really clear that the quality of early childhood education, the quality of that experience is entirely dependent on the quality of the relationship that children have with their early educators. And, and that is where we have to be looking and saying when we've got staff turnover rates of higher than 30%, when we are losing educators in these sorts of numbers, that is in and of itself undermining the quality of early education and care that children get. It's undermining the quality um, of services and their ability to deliver children what they need when they need it. Um, and so there is no way around the fact that our early educators need a pay rise. If they do not have a pay rise, um, they are going to continue to leave in numbers we can't afford. We know that early education is skilled, valuable, demanding work, and it is chronically underpaid. Um, and, and we are seeing the, the – we are paying the price right now for that because they are leaving um, – at exactly the moment that our children need them the most, because you know, as you know, if you think about the last three or four years between the bushfires, between floods, between the pandemic, the the sort of distress and trauma that children and their families have endured right around the country, you know, this is actually a moment where we have we need to invest in supporting children and their families more than ever. We're out of time, Georgie. Just briefly, when is this early year strategy due? Uh, it is due later this year. And I think that there have been really promising signs today that we need this early year strategy to align with some of the other reviews and processes that are happening because the early years is much bigger than one department. And it's much bigger than just early childhood education. It's much bigger than just health. So the strategy will be informed by what's happened today mm -hmm. and it's going to have to be bold and there's going to have to be action plans. It's going to have to involve integrated services. But critically, there's going to have to be accountability built into this because a strategy that is not accountable is not a strategy. Georgie Dent is the Executive Director of The Parenthood. Thanks for your time this afternoon. Thank you so much, Andy. On the text line, Julie writes, how about we put children at the centre of decision-making, health, education, housing, food security, all would get sorted. Perhaps it's time to be a bit like Scandinavia, says Julie. I think that's sort of more or less the philosophy that we start to get a bit of cohesion about where children sit in a kind of portfolio sense when it comes to the federal and state governments. Thank you for your text. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.